This podcast is brought to you by AddXClub.com. AddXClub.com for adjustable steel mace and adjustable steel club. Have you seen these things? Have you checked them out? Go to AddXClub.com and take a look at what they have. These are state-of-the-art mace technology at its finest made in the USA. Look at the AddX arc. It's in between lengths of the clubs and the mace. So the the club is the shortest, the arc is the next longest, and then the mace is the longest. But most people only train with either clubs or mace. How often do they go with an in-betweener? Technically, a arc is nothing more than a bulva, a short mace. Uh, but we don't call it that because we call it the arc. So go check it out. Check out everything there, and when you place your order, tell Don Fred sent you. Do you want to turn your pain into power? Then look no further than SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com. Go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com for meditation, mobility, and mace. Sleepy Monkey is a movement art that brings strength and balance to the body and mind. Located in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. If you're in uh, New Jersey, you're in that portion of um Pennsylvania, you're close enough that you could go visit, but start off by going to Sleepy Training SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com and check it out. Uh, there's shirts you could buy, and uh, you could send a message to Andrew over there, who is the owner, and you could, uh, you know, talk with him and see if his fitness system is right for you. His fitness system is unique. He has a certain way of practicing. Like I said, there's meditation and uh, he he handles people doing massages and things like that. But he also trains mace and other things like that. But you got to go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com to get started. All right, guys. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I have Leo Savage on right now, and he's going to talk about roller coasters. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I guess just to practice this for a little bit, uh, we asked how life was, and the analogy of roller coaster came up. We started talking about our favorite uh, roller coaster, maybe memories, our parts of. And so um, a while ago, I had a, a really bad vertigo. And I remember when I was really young, I was, uh, we, I lived in Albuquerque. So I was in like, there were mountains up there. The Sandias are like 1200 feet, 1200, 12,000 feet. And it was my first time up there. And I'm up there with my mom, her boyfriend and my brother. And there's some lunatic on the side of this fucking top of the Sandia mountains. And he's building a hang glider. Oh, and man. I, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I mean, I hadn't. When you're a kid, you're not afraid of anything. And so I wanted to get close as possible, close to the edge as possible, close to the uh, hang glider as possible. And eventually he took off 
and it was the scariest fucking thing. Uh, you were scared I, for him. No, I was scared for me. Ah. I was terrified. I, I found out I had vertigo. Okay. And so it, it happens that whenever I look up at something that's high up in the sky, it could be yeah. a mountain. Uh, like I remember my gymnasium in, in high school. Like if I looked up, uh, I would get that sensation. And so many times I've been at a water park or a roller coaster and I'm in line and I look up and it scares me so bad. I can't get on the ride at all. Um, and I'm a, and I like to think I can be a tough guy, Yeah. but I, but at a time at, for some time, even into my thirties, I wasn't able to conquer that. And so long story to tell you the short answer, my favorite part of this, of the roller coaster is to wait in line and not look up at all because I have to, otherwise I'll get scared. And then right when I get strapped in and I can't go anywhere, I look up and scare the fucking bejesus out of myself and I'm panicked. I can't breathe. Like I'm trying oh. to pass out. I'm sweating. Yeah. And, uh, and I just torture myself like in a safe and, you know, I'm going to be fine. You know, what's going to happen. I'm going to freak myself out. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to push right. my edge a little bit. Uh, but that's my funnest part, man. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's crazy. That's, that's interesting. I didn't think people uh, had different, um, fun parts for a roller coaster ride. I like I like just the drop in and then everything mm. else is just whatever. You know, I think universally I know everybody's favorite roller coaster moment. Uh you know, when you were young, you walked into the roller coaster and you weren't 3 feet, you little short son of a bitch, right? You're 7, you're 8 and you can't fucking get on the roller coaster. And you wear your big shoes and you stand as tall as you can and you're still not big enough. Your first time you step up to that meter reader and you're tall enough to ride. Yeah. Oh, good that's point. That's a great memory. That is, yes. You're that accomplishing is something. You're there now. You've made it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Roller coasters. Quite, now, a, quite a roller coaster. Speaking of looking up, I have a riddle for you. Hmm. What goes up? And never comes down. I like riddles. Uh, what goes up and never comes down? I wish I had that music to play right now. Da, 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 da. <laughs> the Jeopardy music? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take an L on this one and ask you for the answer. Your age. Happy birthday, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot. Would you just man. turn 42? 42. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're done, man. You're just done. <laughs> I have I have a feeling some things are done. Uh, I do have a feeling some things are just getting started. Yes. Like what? Uh, you know... The more experience you get at this, uh, I like to think uh, the more you can contribute. You know, I think teaching somebody's how to do something's one way of doing it, but then also just sharing your experience and letting them uh, make their minds up for themselves, I think is a, is a great way to coach. And as a young coach or a young man, I probably didn't offer a lot of experience in whatever I was doing. Uh, and so I have more experience in things. Um, my, I can tell you, uh, I'm not as, I'm not in my thirties anymore. 
duh, math. Uh, but I can tell. I, I don't bend and flow and move like I did when I was in my 30s. I flow like a 42-year-old man. Um, but, I, you know, I fucking feel great for 42. You know, I like... Uh, you should. I had, some, I had somebody say, uh, Leo, teach me your vampire aging mace skills uh, in reference to my birthday. And I thought, um, it's nice for people to look at what you've done with your experience and go, good job, man. What's your secret? Yeah. What's your aging remedy? How do you, how do, you do it? Yeah, because really they're just saying um, they want to make it and feel refreshed in, in their age. Yeah, 42, man. Yeah, well. It hit me at 41. <laughs> Turning 40, I was like right on. Yeah. And then 41, I really felt like I turned in 40 years. I remember having my birthday celebration and literally, Fred, I didn't want to talk. I okay. said I wanted, I wanted to take a vow of silence for a month. All right. All right. Uh, I was in, I was, I'm in a relationship. Uh, and then at the time I was, kind of newly into my relationship. So it would have been very difficult to not talk to, you know, this woman of my dreams. And it would have been very difficult to grow our relationship. Um, but I was tired of talking. I was tired of it. Oh, because you're coaching all the time and you're talking all the time and you're doing things on Instagram, right? You're, is that why? Well, you know, people do things with, you know, it, man, two stories here. Uh, sometimes you say stuff and it comes across the wrong way. Sometimes oh, yeah. you say stuff and it comes um, across like you'll, I'll hear like, uh, I'll get a message uh, pretty often. It says, Hey, you said this thing and it changed my life. And I'm so happy, you know, I had those moments. Um, but, you know, like being the first is, it's awesome, but you're also, you know, probably criticized pretty hard. And, you know, I'm tired. I was tired of defending my efforts, tired of defending my students, tired of fighting, tired of mace drama. Just tired of, tired of it. Uh, I was wore out, you know, nine years. Uh, I've been teaching mace or not teaching mace, but practicing my own practice. Uh, you know, hats off to Rick Brown for, how long has he been teaching? 15 years? Yeah. I think Four, maybe 14, 15. 15. Yes. Maybe even 16. He's been hearing probably not at the same level because he's got a traditional May style. So he doesn't hear like the, probably some of the comments that uh, come off um, from our art exemplar, exemplifying beauty, uh, beauty in motion. Right. Yeah. So I was just, I was tired, man. I was tired of talking and, uh, being held responsible for my words. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah, that's the thing. And but people hold you to being responsible for your words based on how their ego took in the information. Yeah, it may not be my truth. I'm like, dude, I was telling you about love and growth, but you got in a fight with your girlfriend. You're going through a breakup. Yeah, and all you heard was I was criticizing you and telling you like this other stuff. And so it's nice to have a voice and affect people in a positive way, but man, it can weigh you down when you get the one negative, you know, the, you know, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, going back to what you said, 
um, you know, like when I'm in the firehouse, right. You got a whole bunch of guys and they're all coming in at different levels, right? Some guys are the happiest shit. Other guys, they just got some bad news and they're low as shit, but Mm. the ball busting is always there. It's always there. Mm. So, you know, if you, if you're in a bad mood and then somebody Mm. says something, um, and then you take it the wrong way and then you're going to lash out at people. So it doesn't work. Even no. even if you think what they said was all, was off putting, you you got to say yeah, but this is the nature of the beast here, and you know um, online right, you know people make comments and stuff like that, and you know, I mean, this is what's going on right now as we speak, right? There's a there's a post out there, and and it's got a whole bunch of people making comments, but I think it's also good because it's airing out some things too. I I. I think there's a positive way to do anything. Chaos magic, creating chaos so people will see you. It's not a positive way to do business. Well, I mean, it might be an effective way to do business, but if you're out here trying to do good for people and you're creating chaos and posting stuff that you know is going to raise emotions and upset people, are you really a coach? Are you really doing stepping your best foot forward? I think there's a positive way that we can all um, contribute. And if you want information uh, and you really want information for yourself, making it a public post rather than like contacting the source is just creating chaos. And I'm tired of that chaos. I'm super, I've been, I'm so tired of it. It's, you know, I've, as long as I've been doing this, this has been an issue. You know that. Yeah. Well, we talked about this, and you haven't been on the podcast in a while. Uh, you've been on twice. Yes, I have. I was in your epic story. Oh, of, right. Yes. Of <laughs> right. Fred. Uh, for, uh, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this is a fan of yours and maybe has been through your shows, but one of my favorite shows, uh, Fred did a like Leo versus Isik or Viking Ninja versus Steel Mace Flow. And it was kind of like a like a Lord of the Rings tale. Right. It was like it was comical. It was fun. It was proper in unifying two opposing forces as well as the Mace community and having a great lighthearted story that nobody I wasn't offended. I literally Good. I'm glad. watched Dude, I literally put that on. I did a reaction video, like a YouTube reaction video to it. Oh, you did? I had so much fun, man. Yeah, it's on my YouTube. I, I fucking oh. watch a little bit of it. I press pause. I crack up. I'd laugh. Um, and, you know, um, I've always kind of wanted to write a tell in Steel Mace Flow. And, of course, that would be part of it. And I'm sure you could, like, get into, like, what really happened next on Hervalda Rovera? Right. You know, or it could be like, you know, this guy had this magic power and kingdom and this guy had he was an earth magic guy and this guy was an air magic guy and they had an episodic adventure. And um, I, I loved it, man. I absolutely loved it. And there were there were some truths in there. And, you know, there were some things that were far off of the bend. But that's what storytelling is, man. It's like. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm I, glad. I'm glad that people talk about it. 
<laughs> that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm, I just yesterday I'm at the gym and this guy asked me to show him how to how to swing a mace. And next thing I know, he's asking me questions. Well, what what's this one? What's this? I picked up a weight sandbag from freedomstrength.us. Freedomstrength.us has sandbags of various kinds. You got to see what they have. There's a whole assortment. The kind I picked up is like ball. I, it's a 50-pound bag, um, which is heavy enough, believe it or not. I mean, if you're a really big, strong person, you know, he's got the bigger sizes. But for the way I like to train, um, you know, I like to swing my mace. And then after I get done swinging, I pick up the 50-pound sandbag and I throw it around. But it's really great because I could throw it in my truck. If you have a car, you could throw it in your trunk. And uh, – you could take it to the park with your mace and other stuff. And it actually acts as a seat or something to support yourself on when you're working out. Um, so you could do these like varied workouts and you can really have a lot of fun. I'll put it on the ground and I'll actually lay on it. I'll put my upper back on it and I'll put myself into a bridge position. And then from there, I'll take a kettlebell or a heavy mace or something like that. And I'll, I'll just bench press it and that's, and that's how it turns into a bench, but it's also a seat. Um, you could pick it up. You could do farmer's carries or you could throw it around. And that's what I'm doing with that sandbag. You guys can do whatever you want to do. Like I said, there's other things at freedomstrength.us that you could take a look at such as uh, clothing and gear, weight vests, bands, all that stuff. So go to freedomstrength.us. My discount code for you is SMN10. That's Steel Mace Nation 10, SMN10. Get 10% off, help support the podcast, and help support an American company. Thanks a lot. Well, who's these guys? And I'm like, all right. I, just It doesn't, you know, you pick one. Pick, just pick one and, and just enjoy the mace. Don't get worried about all that stuff. But that's what prompted me to make that video. Um, yeah. It was all these questions people ask me. And I sometimes I get that wise-ass kind of attitude where I'm like, you know what it was, man? These guys were shooting friggin' green lightning out of their fingers at each other. And that's what happened. And people were like, what the hell are you talking about? So I, man, I just... That was, that was a weird... That was a super weird time in in the mace community. Yeah. Um, specifically talking about Eric and uh, my falling out. Dude, we were good friends. Um, so that was one thing that, that you nailed in your um, your story. Um, if you want to, we can dive into that a little bit. But I, I guess I'd less like to start and see if there were any questions that you had about that topic. Um, no, why don't you, why don't you go ahead? I think it would be good to hear about it. Um, cause maybe people will get their satisfaction, satisfaction with knowing what the deal is. What the deal is, <laughs> <laughs> um, further, I guess most of us know Eric Milan or otherwise known as Isik and, uh, Isik worked for on at one time. He now is working I guess for some time he was working for himself in his Viking Ninja program. And uh, then he teamed up with TacFit. And so um, I'm sure he's still working for himself, but he's working with TacFit, uh, developing their MACE system, which is uh, 
Eric's Viking Ninja Mace system. And I wish I knew more about it. Honestly, I mean, I mean, I wish I could go to the certifications and participate and learn from other great Mace coaches. But I know that they just had a, a level two system come out. And uh, damn, I would have loved to have been part of that. Like, I'm a Mace fan like anybody else. I went to Rick Brown's Mace certification. Um, I've gone to several Mace workshops. I've gone to Harbert's, the Flowing Dutchman's um, uh, Mace workshop. And um, I'd love to uh, go to Eric's. But unfortunately, we did, like, we did have a falling out. Yeah. Originally, when I started swinging uh, anything, it was this beautiful hammer up here named Maya. Made in America. Hickory wood right there. All right. Oh, okay. Good for you, man. Well, I, don't, I only know that because it's stamped on there. And I thought, like, this might be the only made in America thing in this house besides me and my partner, you know? <laughs> so um, the story goes I developed Steel Mace Flow trying to do martial arts or replicate the martial arts training that i had uh, with the with a hammer and quickly you realize that there's a reason why chinese kung fu doesn't use a sledgehammer it's because it's not quick to kill it's slow to kill but if it hits you you're in trouble yeah uh, the mace was created for destroying armor um, that's that's why i was created okay uh now Eventually, some time passed in my martial arts and hammer career, and I found a company called Onnit because uh, I'm a huge video game player. I'm a hardcore video game player, Fred. I play a lot of video games. And my buddy told me there was this product you could take that would make you a better, better video game player, Alpha Brain. Oh. So Onnit popped up on my radar. Is that true? I bought it. I took it. I didn't think anything of it. And okay. it was like $90. And... Yeah. Uh, I didn't really, I mean, I felt something, but, uh, you know, so that was when on it came on my radar and, uh, we ended up having a, a kettlebell seminar at my gym or at the gym I was working at. And I ended up talking to the, uh, coach and asking him if he'd ever heard of a mace in between the kettlebell seminar and my mace practice or my hammer practice, I scoured the globe looking for hammer workouts hammer flow, hammer martial arts, sledgehammer workouts. What just, year? What Like around what year was this? 2014. 2000, okay. No, 2014, 15. So this is probably mid-2015. There probably wasn't much online, There right? wasn't shit. No. There was absolutely nothing. There, was, there were two things. There was a later discovered Rick Brown video that I didn't know existed. And then there was a video of a guy in India somewhere in the shortest shorts possible swinging a huge gata. And that was it. We should talk about the gata and the steel mace later, but I don't think they're the same thing at all. Not whatsoever. You want me to make a note so we don't forget? Yeah, make, yeah, make a note on that. Be a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Because I do w want to learn more about the history. All right, I made a note. Well done. Um, so uh, this guy's name is Ken Blackburn, and uh, he's one of Steve Coker's right-hand men. But I remember asking uh, this kettlebell instructor, Ken, I said, you ever heard of a mace? 
And he was just kind of shocked. You know, I was a lot younger then. He was like, what the fuck? You? Like, what do you know about mace? And I just told him everything that was literally, I told him everything that was out there. Cause there wasn't much like, Hey, there's this torque bar. It's not really, it's not a mace. It's, it's a, a barbell. Oh, it's, okay. It's a barbell that you fasten handles on. It was shaped after a barbell. It's got the same knurling. It's the same width. And I think if you dig into that story, it's a barbell that was made into a mace. Now, was it's that not a mace? Was but, that a Jake Shannon instrument? I believe so. Okay. And now I do like to put that in its own category. When I think about steel mace, I think about like when people say steel mace, do you think about like a loadable barbell? No. no. Do you think about a wooden handle and a cement stone? No. Maybe. Possibly, but you have to be really rooted in the culture. But if you think most people would say, oh, yeah, like that medieval thing that's used for fighting. So when I talk about steel maces, I think of it as something that's made for combat. If I hit you with a gata, the handle would break. Yeah. Easy. I mean, that's it. Um, Harvey just filmed the video of him snapping a, a handle on a gata, swinging it, because the handles are wood, are bamboo. Yeah. They're meant to flex. Right. Um, anyways, we dived into that probably should, a little too early, but anyways, um, you know, I had just been practicing with this hammer for, you know, a, a bit of time and developing martial arts moves that I found extremely effective. Like I got in shape, like my body was taking on this whole new, um, this whole new shape doing rotational training. And, um, I talked to Ken Blackburn, he talks about the mace with me. I share the information I have about the gata. Ken's st struck by the conversation, uh, conversation, and he's like, dude, I hang out with this company called Onnit. I'm going to send you some mace. And sure enough, he sent uh, three mace to the kickboxing gym I was working at. And uh, that's when I started actually training with uh, the mace. And there's some other stories that, that coincide there. But once I started using um, the Onnit mace, I started tagging him. Did he did he send you ten pound or were they? Having Dude, he sent me a ten, a fifteen, and a twenty pound mace to the, okay. to the gym. All Nobody right. could use them. Like you walked up, like the big buff guys there, they love looking good. Yeah, they they love looking good. They look in the mirror when they work out. They look at their muscles when they work out. The last thing they want to look at is somebody doing some stupid shit. <laughs> And especially <laughs> if that person is them. Right. And so yeah. it didn't matter how much of a Hulk you were. You walked up to that thing. You picked it up for a second. And you were like, oh, okay, boom. And you kind of put it down. And um, yeah, quietly put it away. Yeah, you're like, okay. <laughs> but um, respect the mace. The, uh, so I started practicing the mace, which I noticed right away. Um, your hand slid down it as opposed to the sledgehammer. My hand stuck to it, which makes sense. Um, I was like putting on running shoes for the first time and being like a long distance runner or um, wearing proper basketball shoes. And you've never wore basketball shoes before in a basketball floor. It just felt more, um, well, off balance. And because it was so off balance, it spoke to me in different areas and so I practiced with the Ananit Steel Mace from then. Still love my hammer. Now, and the, the Onnit, what they did was they shrunk the handle down, right? Didn't they sh shorten it? And when you received it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. 
Uh, well, they is, did a few things. Okay. So when I look at Jake Shannon's original workout mace, um, it was this, it was, a, I like to call it um, the first steel gata. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I love that because it's not really a mace. The handle's right? longer, right. And it's just different. And it's solid. Yeah. Like the handle on Jake Shannon's original mace, which I've gotten the pleasure to swing, it's super long. The hand, the head is extremely bulbous. It's rubber, and there's less weight in it because it is rubber versus steel. And the balance point on it, that mace, is more towards the center than an onnit mace or a workout style mace, uh, because all of the workout style maces that they're making now they have a hollow handle specifically built to increase the uh, amount of rotation the mace will make. The mace is about the length of a, a full-grown adult's arm, so 40 inches. And so there was a distinct reason why they built it like that. Not everybody can swing the gata. Not everybody can swing the steel gata. And so making a mace approachable to where you walk up to it and you pick it up and you go, there's possibilities here versus like, I'm going to look stupid with this thing. And so the off-balance nature of the inch and a half thick, hollow-handled, 40-inch mace really spoke to me. Uh, I've swung all the mace in the world. It is the most off-balance. It makes me the happiest. There are other companies that copied that design, yeah. and I'm so happy they did. I don't care if you swing an Onnit mace. I don't care if you swing a Gata. I'm happy you swing. I use this mace specifically because of these reasons. Also, because it's hollow and completely still, not rubber and still, it sings, it rings. When you rub your hands down it, because it's hollow, it creates a frequency that sounds like a knife sharpening. <laughs> if it wasn't hollow, it wouldn't make that sound. And when you hit the handle or tap the handle, uh, it makes it sound much like a wind chime. And I do believe in energy. And so one of my favorite things about the steel workout mace is I spend a lot of time putting my frustrations into the mace. And so to get a little bit Austin, on you. Um, Austin's a weird place. If my mace is my conduit for my anger, how am I getting it out of my mace? You're, you're shooting it out. Green. Well, green. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, well, there, there is something to that. Green is the color of the heart chakra. And uh, literally if you tap on the mace, it sends a vibration. Yeah. And so that's one of the, uh, I guess, more ethereal things I like about, about that mace but when i did i found the mace and i found out i was even more off balance than my sledgehammer it was more dynamic in its control it wasn't oblong in its shape but perfectly cylinder i found that it transitioned a lot a lot easier in my hands and i'll never forget the day i did a post after years of practicing maybe a year and a half and john wolf the uh chief fitness officer at the time on it took notice of me and he said awesome and a little bit later down the road, he offered me a job. Wow. Just from and that one post. I, now I've been working with the mace and spreading my mace theology uh, for about a year and a half. Yeah, okay. And um, so John kind of knew who I was, but I remember the first post that he liked of mine. Yeah. And I remember looking at Onnit's steel mace program and watching Eric uh, move the mace around, which was basically switch squats and lunges and 360s. Um, I didn't find it super appealing uh, in, in that it reminded me more of working out than martial arts. It wasn't that I didn't find it 
beautiful, that I didn't find it useful. I just felt more like the mace should be in cursive versus bold print. And that's my martial arts background and uh, I, and how I grew up in life. And that's not the style I brought to the mace. That's my identity I brought to the mace. I brought my identity to the mace and this is how I use it. Yeah. And um, on it supported me and uh, they encouraged me to continue to create mace content, but were very specific in their requests. Matter of fact, there were several conversations of like, hey, Leo, we saw you kind of doing our stuff. Do your stuff. Not like in a don't do our stuff, but like, man, you got something like, bro, keep going. And uh, story is they were creating a Onnit gym in Vegas at a major casino, not as a gym, but as a attraction. Um, okay. So the way casinos work is... For instance, if you're a celebrity, they might pay you tens of thousands of dollars to come into their club and drink and party. And uh, this is something that happens in promotion and entertainment. Uh, celebrities get paid to go to businesses. Are you familiar with this? A little bit, but I don't so know. If you're a celebrity, you can get paid to like go make a guest appearance. Yeah. Okay. Well, Onnit had this unique cult following that celebrities would just show up at the Onnit gym to uh, be part. And so the casino thought, hey, if we build an Onnit here, celebrities are just going to show up to have the Onnit experience. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, people um, are very imaginative with how they want to – I mean, you put a lot of time and money into building something like that. Um, that's pretty wild that they had the, the, the balls to actually do that too. Well, they didn't end up doing it, but they started it. I mean, there were floor plans. There were 3D things. They assembled this, like, amazing crew of people. And um, and so Anna approached me really quick into joining the team and create Mace content. And in that time, like, I found out who Eric was, and we started off a good friendship. Uh, I went to Eric's Mace certifications or any of his workshops that he had. Uh, I felt a real strong connection to uh, what he was doing with the Mace. I was a huge believer in him. I'm a huge believer in him. And um, I don't know what happened, man. I know I put out uh, my Mace system and, you know, that was kind of the, the exit for uh, Eric and my, uh, our friendship. And there, let me be very clear about this. That was not my choice. Anybody who knows with me, who's been on this journey for me with the last eight, nine years knows I do not talk shit about Eric. I don't talk shit about Viking Ninja students. I implore people to train with Eric. Even in my last certification, I said, if you meet Eric and Viking Ninjas, train with them, learn from them. I have always supported Eric and I wanted to be a Viking Ninja so bad. I was the one who was told I wasn't welcome. I was the one kicked out of the club the mace club that i was petitioning for and yeah. it was because i i did my mace flow system and i don't imagine it was easy for eric to go through now that i've been through some of this myself eric uh, kind of pioneered working out with the mace so rick did the traditional mace eric did like this workout style mace 
I did the flow style mace. There's kind of like the three, the three kingdoms. Yeah. And what I've noticed about this, and I've learned this from the top, is if you change something from the top, whoever the first person was to do mace, and I think in this case, it's Rick Brown, um, there can be some offense. And not like it's a personal attack, but Rick Brown has been working on this for 20 fucking years. And here comes this guy with new ideas and a company and the Mace's Light. And it made Rick, for the first time, um, I never seen Rick act like that. I remember Rick was this holy, I love everybody, please everybody swing the Mace. And, and until like literally causing confrontation on Instagram and facebook and i don't understand why because somebody else wanted to swing mace differently yeah and so i see that from uh rick brown and if uh, I could just... just be patient with me let me jump in just let me just finish this up okay okay eric he's a creator of this mace system and then here comes leo and leo is like hey i'm gonna do all this stuff and eric's like wait i've been creating this thing for so long you can't change it right. conflict and so here comes Leo and Leo works on steel mace flow for 10 years, nine years. And then someone else comes along. Guess what happened? Same thing. I didn't learn from Rick. I didn't learn from Eric. I did the same shit. I felt, I felt it in my heart that people were changing and renaming my baby. Yeah. Just like Rick felt it. I imagine just like Isik might've felt with me. I felt that same thing. And so um, being more experienced has just led me down the road of like, it, yeah, it, you know, it's quite a feeling to go through. And I could be wrong about those assumptions, but all I can do is give like my experience in that. What was your, I know I kind of talked over. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I just wanted to say uh, something that happened um, with Rick Brown. He sends me, uh, he sends me a video and there's this guy in Florida. I think he's in Florida. And um, he's talking about how he has this new Mace video out. And he's promoting it. And he's saying, there's no, nothing out there. This is recently. All right. He's, he says, there's nothing out there to teach you how to do Mace. So here's my program. Yeah. So, you know, Rick sends me that and says, who is this guy? And right away, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I believe Rick uh, was doing traditional mace swings um, on DVDs. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, and you know, there's tons of stuff out there. We all tons. know that there's tons of stuff. And for somebody to make that kind of comment again, what are you going to do? But at the same time, I could see how this annoys people. Yeah. Well, you just have to learn how to deal with it. I think it's a natural, it's not just bound to mace, man. This is, like, God forbid you call CrossFit something else. They will fucking sue you. Okay. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, I think there's some, I think there's, there gets to be a little conflict when you create a business out of it. I have been shamed. I have been shamed by the same people who encourage me. Leo, you really got the steel mace flow thing, man. You should make a business out of it. You should really do it into, ah, you're making money doing the thing you create. Bro, you want to hear a, rare, a weird one? I had a guy send me a message about me. He wanted me to stop using his moves. He he was upset at me for using 
his mace content. What the hell was he doing? Was he sticking the mace up his ass and spinning around or something? Because that does sound like something I would do with the mace, but no. <laughs> no, he was doing still mace float type movements or mace flow type movements, sword swings, you know, specifically shaped lateral lunges, the waterfall flow, the summer rising flow, just like wow. But you know, I wanted to hear him. I really wanted to listen to him. Like he really felt like he was being bamboozled, like he had really worked on something. So do you think he just uh, somehow came up with that stuff on his own and he thinks he he invented it? Because that happens a lot with Mace Flaw. You go, oh, look, I just invented something. And then somebody goes, well, not really. You kind of well, I kind of leap. I think um, a lot of people who practice still Mace Flow have not been seen in their life. I think a lot of people who search for a physical workout there where they get to express themselves emotionally probably haven't shared themselves emotionally a lot. And so those, those people tend to be sitting in the back of the classroom are picked on for their weird hobbies. Or, um, and so I think a lot of us just haven't been seen. And so you have this opportunity where you grow so much that um, you want to be seen and you don't want to be seen in the shadow of, um, you know, the Mace Flow practice. Um, I'll share a conversation Uh I, so I had a guy tell me it was not fair that I named my business Steel Mace Flow. Okay, that's a good one. Well, because we all practice Steel Mace Flow, Leo. And so for you to name it after something we all practice forces us to call it something else because it's a business. Hmm. Well, I created Steel Mace Flow to soothe my suffering and to make me smile more and to, to help me grow. And after I found out I did that for me, it became like, let's help other people out with it. Um, but I've ran into a ton of people who have recreated steel mace flow. And one guy I've had this happen a lot, literally copied and pasted my manual and replaced pictures of me with him. And then he blamed it on his wife. When I talked to him about it, Hey, you just took my manual and you put your pictures on it. My wife did it. Um, and, you know, he, his, his thing was he wanted to make money. He just yeah. told me, Leo, I need to make money. And so his idea of being, I need to make money, is he needed to be the man. Well, you he, know, I think he back about, get a paper job. He actually had a good job. I didn't understand why. I think part of it was he wanted to be seen. He Maybe was a martial, he had a coke habit. He, he could have, he I think he's a pretty good dude. Yeah, um, I'm just, but sure. yeah, yeah. But his, um, he wanted to be seen, man, just like me. I've had some skills in my life, but I've always, I've always been like a kid in the corner, dorky kid. And I got this skill and it feels so good to be seen. Like for people to, um, there's one side of it where you can look at it and be like, well, why you motherfuckers are just renaming my shit. But then it's also another thing to say, like, I inspired that person out of their shell. Now they're a character. And, you know, at the end of it all, we're, we are helping people. We might be a, doing a disservice to the mace community, but, you know, you kind of look at, got to look at it like this, like the disservice is like, we're fighting in line. I made this up first. It's called mace flow established in 2023, you know, or whatever, you know, it may not be the truth, but it might like be that all the information they have for them to make the truth out of it. Like the guy who told me to stop stealing his stuff. He had no idea 
I was the guy who created and pioneered Maceflow. The guy who you, Rick Brown saw his ad the other day. Maybe he just didn't know. And, um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that other, there are other, other mace, maces that are being made besides on it. And there's other mace styles that are mace flow. And there are people more popular than me that swing mace flow. And it's relieving. I feel like uh, the work that the foundation that the early mace flow people laid down uh, was good, a good enough foundation. There's yeah. competing mace tribes that teach the same exact education. Step one, landmark two, step four, landmark four. You know, like it's the same stuff. It's just from a different coach. Yeah. You know, and this is the thing about like, my students love me. The people who have worked with me, they love me. But my students, students, they like me. They love their coach. I mean, they love the person who's been walking with them through their growth. And so even though if you are the one who created the traditional mace, people might not want to hear it from you. They might want to hear it from the coach. And so right. it's good to have other coaches out there who, who aren't you and, you know, don't party like I do you know, to keep the <laughs> straight and narrow. But um, me and Eric's falling out um, happened. And uh, just to kind of finish that story off, it was not something I ever wanted. Uh, it's not something I'm about to this day. And, uh, you know, if Eric's out there, man, I love you, dude. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of your coaches. I'm proud that you made it through the transition from going to on it to being yourself in your Viking Ninja system. I'm so happy that you have so many dedicated, diehard students who will never leave the mace behind because of your influence. Uh, what you've done to the steel mace community is nothing short of magical. So um, time has passed. I'm sure Eric is not doesn't feel the same way. I don't harbor the same feelings that I felt. And uh, how else can we do but if we're really coaches – if we really are the people we say we are, how could we be upset at so many people so happy? Right. That's that's it right there. And, you know, I would love to interview Eric. Um, you know, I, he blocked me, um, and I'm not mad about that. He just doesn't, you know, want anything to do with me. That's fine. I'm nobody anyway. But, you know... I would love to interview him. I would love to interview more Viking Ninja people. And mm -hmm. I believe, this is my belief, and I've been saying this and for a while now, if the tribalism could be contained a little bit and people of all shapes and sizes from all different, wherever they're coming from, a, a ninja mm -hmm. or a, a, a flow guy or whatever, mm -hmm. everybody kind of work together to bring this modality up another notch because it could become even more popular than it already is. Cause you see it growing. We could all see it growing, but it could get bigger. I mean, it could get ridiculously big. If my belief, you know, everybody worked together, you know, um, there is something to that. If we all work together, but I am a firm believer in not all working together. I'm going to talk politics for a little bit. There's a red side and there's a blue side and they can't fucking agree on shit. It's always 49, 50, 
what the fuck? Every vote. And I'll tell you why it's like that. Because if the red side went 100% blue side, you don't have a choice. And that's not freedom. And so I'm glad there are other May systems. Ah, I love that. That because, is a good point, man. Well, if they don't, man, what, what choice do you have? Like, look, I'm a motherfucker, man. And I always will be. I'll be free and loud as long as I can be. And I am not for certain communities. My guy Harbert speaks a bunch of languages. He's well kept. He doesn't go into the conflict. He's going to coach so many different people that I will never be able to help. And what am I going to do? Lie about who I am? No, I'm not going to put on a suit and tie and an image that's PC and safe. You know, I want people to know who I am if they want to train with me. And uh, so it is very important that we have workout May style and traditional May style. And uh, you know, in different flow styles, it's good. Yeah. You know, it's healthy. That's great, man. I, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I, I I agree with you now. Uh, what you're saying that is a good point. the The freedom to go where you want, and I mean that just actually that's even if there's friction between people, it's better when everybody's free to kind of just follow their own lead. So. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the competition always shows true colors. And over time, you will fall, like you fall in love with the Mace community. You might see some things you don't like. You know, you might get out of there. You might find another thing. You might end up doing your own practice. And so also, like, in your experience of Mace, have many experiences. I love uh, students like uh, Rock Anthony are... Um, there are so many people who are versed in different May styles. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, and, and we should be, I wish I had more Mace coaches, man. Something I'm, I've really, I guess I've never had Mace coach. You mean for yourself personally or as part of your team? Uh, no, uh, for myself. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I just taught what I felt and, uh, continue to share as I grew and, but I never really had anybody to straighten my shit out or give me criticism on my techniques. I'll, I'll go as far, Fred. I'll like take a mace person's class and I'll fuck up on purpose. Yeah. Glaring, glaring deficiencies in my form. And they, they just walk by me. Like I'm too expensive. <laughs> just won't look at me. Won't make eye contact. They're not going to tell you what to do. Right. Well, it would be nice right right you're a human just, just dude, like everybody else I'm, bro fuck the pedestal man yeah like imagine a group of people for nine years picking on a person i'm just a human it doesn't matter if i'm the leader of the maze community or i got muscles i'm human and you're treating me like dog shit mm. you're you're attacking me for nine years what did i do i chased my dreams just like you did you know you know, I mean, we're all human. You got to watch, you got to take it. I mean, if you don't have evidence out there on why we should be treating people better and not creating chaos, it's fun to create chaos magic. Ugh. But it, it doesn't, it only benefits you, man. It just pisses people off, puts people in foul moods. And, you know, I, we, there's a better way to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, you know, there's, Places like this where um, different mace communities coexist and get to talk about it. But um, 
Yeah, I miss Eric, man. I do I do try and keep up with them. I'm blocked as well. But this is the fucking 20. What year is it? 2023? Yeah. It's easy to fucking look up somebody's account. I can just create another account. Create another account, yeah. And go go check them out. Right. Um yeah, you know, and uh the Viking Ninjas, I I'm fairly certain they're not too far from I always thought the mace, I don't want to just talk about uh, Viking Ninja, but uh, I always like to think of the mace kind of like a guitar, you know, like you can only play so many notes on it. Yes, right. Eventually, it's like, all going to sound the same. You might be alone, but you're going to be like, what does this one-handed move feel like? Right. And then like um, in, in mace coaching, there's like in any coaching, like quit being a motherfucker. Like, why is this positive? Instead of like, why is this hurt? Or why is this ineffective? Like you're putting people down who love this thing when you're like, oh, this is just dramatized for TV. It's just marketing. Yeah. Arnold. Fucking weightlifting wizard. Marketing. King. All right. Your weightlifting champion can market, but we can't. All right. right. You know, you don't look at somebody doing Kung Fu and be like, oh, it's too flashy. He's like, it's beautiful. I'm happy that guy practiced so long. It's just a, a whole different conversation. And it really starts to change the way you deal with stuff when you start just finding the positive in all things. I could pick apart some negative things about the other leaders in Mace culture. Yeah. Why? I'm so proud of Rick. Look at this, man. Do you know what traditional Mace swinging is? It's like what Rick made up. It's not traditional gotta swinging it's yeah. not i actually right. learned from jake shannon how to swing a mace 10 and 2 and asked him why he clutches his fist and he says that's how i was taught by my teacher and that's what i teach everybody i never seen anybody swing like that besides him and so if it's traditional why aren't we teaching it traditional mace swinging is simply 10 and twos yeah when you talk about the history of the mace and i don't know a lot about it but i've been privileged to share great conversations with harbert uh, the mace or the gata in India, if you want to like, uh, is a very small portion of a fairly large workout system and they only do 10 and twos. Yeah. And so if it is the traditional mace swinging, it, you should be doing 10 and twos with heavy ass rocks. Traditional. This is the truth. And I'm not dogging anybody. Mm -hmm. This is badass. Traditional mace swinging is what Rick made up that has 10 and twos in it and 360s, and this overhand press, and the bullwhip. They don't do bullwhips in India from the mace. Yeah. So that, like, you swing from the middle of the mace, we swing from the middle of the mace. It's part of it. It's Rick Brown made his own system up. It's the American traditional system. Right. The Rick Brown right. system. But it's only traditional because he was, like, the first one to do it. And so I like to think of um, Eric's as like the first traditional workout and mine is the first traditional flow. And I like that it's the first traditional because there gets to be many other generations of it. Yeah. What's going to happen a hundred years from now with Mace Flow, right? Man, you know, we won't know unless we plug into the metaverse. But let's talk about that real quick. How cool is it that Rick Brown just dedicated himself to something? I'm a swing mace. I love this thing. It's for me. Yeah. And he made up his own system. 
traditional May swinging night. And it came from Rick Brown. Right. Maybe he got some insights in there, but he'll tell you, I made this move up. I made this move up. I made this move up. And so it's interesting when you say it's traditional, but it made this move up. So you're creating tradition. And so one of the reasons why there are so many steel mace flow systems is we created a really good foundation and tradition in how we teach steel mace. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think definitely, you know, the, I love it all. And I know most people do. They're all doing a little bit of something. And it, it's funny. I never took a Viking Ninja class certification, nothing like that. But most of the Steel Mace flow that I do is how I learned it from your online course, which is, you know, how you teach a beginner, right? But it's also a great um, online course because it teaches you how to be a coach. It teaches you how to talk and, and te it, like the whole thing. It's a well done video. And then that's that's me right out of the box with Steel Mace Flow. That's really where I like the, the most stuff. And then then people, they take it to the next level where they're doing coin flips and all that stuff. All cool, you know, but everybody has their different way to run with the ball, right? And yeah. it's fun. It's fun seeing what people do. It is. There was a while where there were no new moves. Like if there was a new move in Mace Flow, I made it. And there were a lot less people practicing. There were a lot less people with as much free time on their hands. <laughs> and uh, that free time was because uh, I decided being poor was okay. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I really wanted this. Yeah. And in order for me to do it, there was no money in making in swinging mace. And there's not a lot now. Like mace coaches, like we're not driving fancy cars and it's our only job like mace coaches have this is the thing that they love to do and they share with their friends yeah if i had to define a steel mace flow coach i don't have coaches who approach me and they're like i'm gonna make the next five billion dollars right i did they have love one teaching it i do have one guy who's like super fame hungry and super money hungry like that's his deal he wants to be a mace rock star right. and like good like go be a rock star and then we'll catch anybody who needs help <laughs> you know yeah um yeah may stuff man yeah so now let's talk about the difference between a gata and a steel mace they're not the same how are they the same they're not even made out of the same stuff you know what's crazy is there was one dude like that swung a mace right or something i don't know the story there's one guy and he swung something, and he's an undefeated wrestler. Have you heard this story? No. So in mace culture and, like, swinging stuff culture, there's this guy, and he's, like, the famous wrestler, the great Gamma. Gamma. Oh, okay. You haven't yes. heard of him? Yes, yes, yes. All right. If it's the ultimate workout, and it made this ultimate combatant, how, how come nobody replicated it from his area? Yeah. Like if it was the one sure way to do it and there was this undefeated guy, why didn't why wasn't there like a a burst of uh an influx of amazing undefeated champions? There? Yeah, right. Why? It's not it's it's just a small part, like you indicated earlier. Well, and it's one guy. One guy can do some amazing things. Just because it worked at one person doesn't mean it's gonna work on everybody. Right. But there are a lot of people who swing mace and practice the same thing that the great gamma did and none of them are amazing wrestlers and so it really makes me think like what are the differences 
wrestling is a whole nother sport. Yeah. And we need a mace. And so what the guy had is a practice of moving people around. So did I. And so moving a mace around, it's kind of like grappling with a weight. And so it is my, one of my preferred ways to train is like grappling with my mace, submitting yeah, it. I like that. Holds. And, but it's just interesting. Why didn't it, why didn't it work for anybody else? I like to think that. So there must be a difference. And um, so I don't believe that the mace is the ultimate training tool. It's just the ultimate training tool for me. The mace is made out of steel and it's to break armor. Agata, like I said, has a wood handle and a cement stone. This is very fun. In uh, America, when you swing a mace, it's not supposed to touch your shoulder. It's called a no-touch swing. It doesn't touch your shoulder. In the old country where they practice swinging a gata, you have to use your shoulder as a lever. It's a full-body swing. It, the, the gata leans on your shoulder, and because it's bamboo, it flexes. And you use that little flex to shoot the mace and lever pull it over your back. But in America, you don't touch. In the old country where they create, where, you know, there's some foundation, you, if you don't touch, you're not doing it right. right. They don't swing 360s in, they swing 10 and 2s. And so they're very different. The gata was created to help somebody wrestle or get strong. The mace wasn't been in to dent armor and kill somebody. A lot of the reasons why I believe that people in the old country, they're very resourceful. Uh, if you have like a tool, it's going to be a multi-purpose tool. Not only can I do 360s with this, I can do all these other workouts with it. That would make sense. But because the handle was wood and the stones are so thick that really limited the amount of moves you could do at a lower weight maybe you could hold the middle of the gata and do some moves but once it got to a certain weight uh it wouldn't work you'd be breaking handles left and right and of course if you're breaking tools you're a resourceful country don't have a lot of resources that'd be shunned you would be kicked out of the gym for breaking the tool and so i think a lot of the reason why people don't swing the gata and the mace the same is the ideologies were totally different. The point of swinging a gata was to swing as heavy as you could and to go from shoulder to shoulder. And uh, the mace, because it's sturdy and has a handle that's connected to the head, uh, you can use the handle. And so in any type of uh, combat training, when you use the weapon, you learned how to use, like, for instance, if it was a sword, learned how to use the blade obviously but then you took it to another level you learned how to use the sheath to hide your blade to strike with it to block with it to parry with it ah and then look you have a handle here and you can hit people with it nice. and everything in the nunchuck you use the chain to choke in the bow staff you use every inch of it every martial arts tool ever you try to find a way to kill somebody maim them tame them with every inch of your weapon and so the steel mace it's the same thing and so why do i swing the handle well there's some energy transitions but also i want to be able to kill my opponent maim them tame them with the handle the middle or the head and and so they're you know i think they're very different now i don't think they're as different as saying like man they sure do look alike you can go into the shoe department 
in you see a billion shoes and they all go on your feet, but that doesn't mean one's meant for this and or that they're all universal. What you'll find is that they're very specific for reasoning. And uh, so the mace practiced, I think, evolved uh, around the equipment and the goal. So I do believe they're different. And that's not mean to offend anybody. I appreciate that the mace has evolved so much or the gata has evolved so much. Like one of my favorite things, I, let me tell you about Harvard. One of my favorite things about this guy, we're hanging out and we're talking about him going to India. And I'm, I'm like, man, I grew up in Desert Storm. I grew up in like, you know, there were some bombs dropped here in America. There were some beheading videos, like some rough stuff going on. I'm not taking my American ass up there to show them that their tradition is this. <laughs> like, dude, I was, I, there's, I wanted to, I wanted to go. I wanted to like have an experience, but I was scared. Yeah. So Harbert, I say, Harbert, aren't you scared? And Harbert's such a, a big heart. He's very rarely dead serious. Uh, but Harbert switched from being like this fully grown adult boy, Harbert, to I have to because I am afraid. Oh, my God. Dude, this is like a Star Wars script. Holy yeah. shit. I got a good life, man. I've had, I've had some stories. That's, but he, that's did, epic. he did it because he was afraid. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's told me, like, there's some places I'm not going to go. <laughs> like, they're not going to ask if I'm American. They're just going to be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But um, it's been so good to watch Harbor share Mace Flow, Steel Mace Flow, Dutch Flow to um, people all over the country that have never seen a mace swung like that. Or, you know, I wonder what they think. Is it the same? Is it not the same? Is it different? How do you view it as different? And, uh, but, you know, I don't have to wonder for too long. I can just watch uh, Harbert's uh, Amazing Adventures. And... Um, yeah, he's working on a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he... Right. He has a video guy with him and he's he's out there. I think he's out there right now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, I think pay I think um I think that's a, a brave move to do. Uh the um donation thing is was tough for me. I know he asked for some donations to help get his camera guy up there. But the guy's got 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's got a million views on several videos and like when I look at those donation pages there's like people who really need some help and so i like to kind of give to those things yeah. but i would have i would have rather harbor done that without uh, any reciprocation from his friends i know we're going to enjoy it and uh but i just thought it was a weird marketing pool but hey yeah. i've done some i've done some weird marketing shit myself <laughs> well yeah well sometimes you're just trying to figure this stuff out as you go along right yeah definitely and i, think I know video guys are expensive i mean I, yeah, they they can be. They can yeah. be. They're I mean, two they, people out there. I, yeah. They produce great stuff, and they can make you look awesome uh, all mm -hmm. around. But you know, um, if you got the skills, mm -hmm. you, maybe you just need an iPhone, and that's all you need. I don't know. No, I mean, I think he should. I think he's doing the right move of having somebody go down there. One thing about having a nice camera, I remember buying my first camera and like all the stuff. Bought a robot gimbal bought a microphone and then i realized like you need to be in front of the camera you also need 
somebody behind the camera. Right. And so, yeah, I thought it was a great move that that he uh, is taking his cameraman. But I didn't understand the the donation thing to, yeah. to get him up there. I was, I was very curious about that. But, you know, uh, Harbert's doing very well in his, his career. So who am I to question his uh, thoughts or motives? Yeah. Now, uh, I have this uh, video that we I could share the screen. Did you ever hear of um, a guy named Leo urban sounds familiar you got to see this i came across this guy right you're gonna love this i'm gonna share the screen and i'm just gonna let you if anybody is listening on spotify you're you're missing out so go to the youtube channel but let me share screen here share sound okay here we go You see this? Yeah. Yeah, I know this dude. Yeah, you know this guy. Yeah, I think we just started talking, actually. Look at this. Uh, let me get the sound going here. Hmm. Reminds me of that Tarzan animated movie from when I was a child. Yeah, I mean, he he calls himself the French Tarzan. Makes sense. And uh, I was just looking at his videos this morning, and I thought it would be cool to uh, to s just, you know, share the video with you and see what you think about this. I mean, look, he's way up there right there. Uh, I mean, you know, when how many times did you hit yourself with your mace when you were first learning all this stuff? It happened, right? Yeah, um, I did. I did clip myself a few times. Uh, yeah, you take you take your. I wasn't so much about hitting myself, but uh, my injuries came from um, experimenting and overtraining my experiments. So, you know, like um, right. you find a new move, like you love it, you want to keep doing it, but you may not necessarily like have the proprioception to like nail the move. Yeah. And so there you are doing the move, or there I am doing the move for hours. I mean, actually, this is my first, when I learned how to do a 360, I remember going to the gym and half-heartedly setting the goal of like, uh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to swing a thousand swings, but I didn't really like give myself permission to do it in case I bitched out like halfway through. And, uh, I, at that time I really didn't have a nice 360 or understand exactly how I should do the 360. So I just fucking swung. Yeah. And at about like two or 300 swings, it, I hurt myself. Like something popped. Oh. But I was in, I was in that flow state. Yeah. And my warrior spirit had called to do the full thousand <laughs> and I wasn't going to stop. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up as a martial artist. I fought most of my adult life and um, you know, there I was fighting and I learned in doing that move wrong, how not to do it. I remember swinging and like pulling my elbow forward versus swinging and driving my elbow inside. Yeah. And I started to notice every time I pulled forward during my swing, it hurt. Every time I pulled inside, it hurt less. And so like, uh, most, most of my stuff was just from like learning a move, a new move and then refining it. 
Um, the tell, I hit myself a couple times. Um, I one time on it posted this awesome video of me in a lateral lunge. And I have the mace, a quad mace resting on my shoulder with one hand. And I like drop it to do a 360 and it hits my, my thigh on my like two step. And, uh, but like, you know, I just kept going and that's kind of what the point of the video with on it was, it's like the quad mace, blah, blah, blah. But I, yeah, I fucking hit the shit out of my quad that time. Oof. I've caught my knee a couple times on the globe. Yeah. Um, but nothing so, has really set me down. It, but like with this guy, mm -hmm. when he's doing what he's doing, you tell me a branch never broke on him. He never misgripped something and and fell or something. I mean, like you know, coming from your point of view, your mm -hmm. perspective on creating something, and you know, occasionally whacking yourself. Mm -hmm. Isn't this incredible what this guy is doing? Well, you know, when I see it, like the first thing that come to mind was like walking through the brush, or like I went hunting and we were in a truck and there I'm in New Mexico and there's these mesquite bushes and they scrape the truck but when i see him like running through that shit i'm like he's getting fucking scratched up scraped up yeah. as you do when you go full speed through trees and so he doesn't get the obvious answer of it 40 inches inch and a half thick never gonna break right <laughs> he's like i hope it catches uh this one you know and then talk about being in another uh flow state yes yeah like and when I say flow state, like um, all that means is you're able to see things that you might not normally see. The zone. If, if you were, yeah, you're in the zone. You're operating at your top athletic level. He can probably, when he's in the air, look at the branch. Not that one. That one's going to break. That one looks good. Yeah. I can't do a backflip off of that one. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go for this one. But he probably has the time to, or so much consciousness of what's happening. He could probably make a, a really quick decision and pick out the, the safe branch. And there's probably a time and season for it. You know, like, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, foliage. So he could probably have a clear view at the branch he's going to grab. But I think about being scraped up, man, the fucking yeah, right. journey. Like right. that dude's skin. Like when, dude, when I do shell in and I rest the mace on my form, I love it. But there was a while where it was like clink, Clink, metal on skin, metal on skin, same as a kettlebell. Yeah, but that's a soft, tender area if you don't do anything with it. You don't train it. Yeah. Um, and I used to play, like, in Kung Fu, we'd play this game, Song, song Sing. And, but we, like, hit forearms in, like, the inside of your forearm specifically to, like, uh, learn how to deaden the nerve. And, and so there's part of it. But, like, that guy does, I guarantee you, when the mace scrapes me, I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. When he's running through that brush and he's getting tagged and shit, he's just like a little kid. Like, yeah, feels good. And then yeah. after he gets done, he celebrates. Like, look at this scratch. Yeah, look at this one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I uh, see. I like your perspective on it. That's why I wanted to ask you uh, what you we think about that. That's really cool. Um, and also, you 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 know you talked about your martial arts background and. And I've been saying for a while, like, you know, Steel Mace for me is my martial arts because I never really got an opportunity uh, to train mm. martial arts. And mm. I, you know, I grew up watching the same movies you did. And, and, um, uh, seems I, like I a lot of uh, people love Bruce Lee who do Mace. And so 
your with your martial arts uh background wait but you are a martial artist because martial arts every everybody thinks is kung fu and karate and bruce lee but there is something that you have practiced that you're an artist at like a skilled fighter oh okay your firefighting is your maybe your first martial art weightlifting is a fucking martial art. So maybe if you lifted weights like at oh. a certain level. But martial arts doesn't always have to be like Kung Fu. But I just like when I see somebody and they say like, I can't identify. I like to tell people like, no, man, you're a firefighter. Like, you can't tell me like, well, you're not ready for combat when you run into a fired house. Like you have the proper weapons to do the job. Right. You're trained efficiently and you make an art of it. Like, you make it look good. Like, probably not like, film me. I'm going to rush into this house. But if you do it and it looks good, you're probably doing it right. And that's what I mean by that. There is uh -huh. a beauty to somebody. If you've ever watched somebody man a hose and walk down a fire, firefighter, martial artist, you know, so. Okay. So martial, martial mindset is thinking moves ahead, basically, and connecting them together and having – sort of a flow with your with what you're doing is that a good way to describe martial I arts it's, i just think it's another way of saying your personal practice or the thing that you've used to help develop your mind and body okay so you're it doesn't it's not always fighting martial arts wasn't come learn how to kick someone's ass is come learn how not to fight it wasn't right not let's go fight let's punch and kick it's like let's talk let's create distance let's put our hands up let's get in a in a place where if we need to we can yeah. But, you know, martial arts isn't fighting. It's not fighting. Just like science isn't proving things right. It's science is proving things wrong. Right. Anyways, martial that's, arts philosophy. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So um, last question uh, before we go. But, um, you know, I also talk about the warrior mindset. You were talking about that a lot uh, today. Um, you know, are we being corny when we say we feel like warriors or yeah so what if we are because it's cool and we like it anyway like how, what do you think about that warrior mindset yeah one um if we're talking about ourselves it's cool <laughs> if somebody else is doing it we get judgy yeah you know like why does that say primal everything's primal why does that say <laughs> You know, warrior. Everything says warrior. And so I would just, I would probably say you should get some more information from the source. You know, like, hey, you have warrior fitness. I'm warrior community fitness. And you're like, oh, yeah, actually, we built a gym. So my mom's on her. She fought cancer. We call it the warrior gym in her spirit. Yes. Man, you would feel like an asshole if you approach a conversation like that so you know meet people where you can understand each other is probably the best place i will say um i'm a combatant i've spent time in the cage i fought right. black belt in karate i've spent seven years old i practice martial arts um so i'm a warrior and something inside me when i get hit makes me want to hit you harder and i like to fight Sometimes mm -hmm. I am such a warrior, I create conflict. Mm. Um, and, um, but I have seen, the mace didn't do that to me, you know, that's something that was in me. Right. And I've had opportunities where I put the mace in like 
I like to say Grandma Betty uh, as an example, but Grandma Betty, she's just grandma. She's like doing grandma things, but I give her a mace and I've heard Grandma Betty or Karen or Natalie or Leo say, I feel like a warrior. Yes. And, you know, if you, yeah, you're not fighting in a cage or, but whatever that thing is that's in you, that's talking, you know, listen to it. And, but, you know, if you're a warrior, you got to figure it out, man. You got to figure out what type of warrior you're going to be. Like when you look at war and you want to join an army, you want to be a warrior, study philosophy, like Genghis Kong was a great warrior, but a son of a bitch. Right. And so you probably don't want to emulate him a warrior religion where you know it's all about that you know you probably want to find some righteous views i like uh the shaolin monks you know they uh created their system or kung fu to um not to kill people if you study kung fu it's never a kill it's a disable i love karate karate was developed so the unarmed man are the barely armed man could defeat the guy who could afford the sword and so i like the noble arts that teach a little bit mma was created to fucking kill you it's the, it's the fight combat okay so um you know that there's like differences in martial arts i know like martial arts kind of does get pushed around a little bit but um there's some like really verified martial arts like brazilian jiu-jitsu is a great middle ground where there are some tough alpha males there, but they also do teach you the humble side of martial arts and honor through a belting system, through a commitment. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very efficient. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really good. Um, and I think steel mace has all those principles and concepts, uh, especially coming up through the ranks. Uh, I guess we're not doing belting systems but you do offer uh steel mace flow too which is an extension or uh, an add-on after people get comfortable with the level one stuff right and is would you consider uh level two um uh, a belt up or something similar huh. in nature you know the thing i guess the thing yeah i guess that there it is um a step and I don't know if it's, it was meant to be a second step. However, when I created Steel Mace Flow, I recognized everything I had to teach could not be taught in one lesson. And so the first thing we built was the vocabulary and how you talk about mace, how you describe it, how you mm -hmm. hold it, uh, what the positional awareness looks like and feels like. And for the most part, uh, it's a two-handed system. If you watch how I flow and have flowed for the last nine years and you watch my steel mace flow level one education or take it, you'll say, man, I learned a lot. It wasn't what I expected, but now I can break down or teach um, basic flow. And my, if you watch me flow and you take the level two course, you go, ah, this is what you're doing, but it has a language to it because we laid down a foundation. Uh, level one is creating straight lines, creating strength, creating positional awareness. And level two is a one-headed system. And uh, 
I, there's some more intricate stuff in there that, you know, I could dive into, but in level two, instead of keeping the tall neutral spine, which we do in level one, we articulate the spine, uh, much like we do in martial arts, much like we do in life. And, um, we swing a lot with one hand. There's a lot of, uh, uh, emotional content in there as well. There's some meditation. Uh, it's quite a deep, it's not quite a deep dive. It's an extremely deep dive into yourself. And um, not everybody maybe practices mace flow, but if you were to ask somebody who like does mace flow like yourself or maybe doesn't do mace flow, but is a mace person uh, and you say, when would you use still mace flow? That's, that's a, that's a, a good question. Like when would you, and I'll just ask you, cause I know you, you probably don't practice still mace flow. Uh, I've heard you talk about like, I'd rather do this workout. I'd rather get like a 15 pound mace, 20 pound mace. But can you ever see a time in your life where you would use steel mace flow? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I talk about this all the time. Um, I use it for warm ups, for cool downs. My favorite time to use it is when I want to work out, but maybe I'm a little beat up, tired, sore, mm -hmm. something like that. And I need to just quiet myself down. So I, I know that when I do steel mace flow, I'm going to be uh, slowing down. I'm going to be taking my time and, mm. and getting some stretching in. Um, mm. And then of course it, you're going to be putting tension into the mace and I could vary that tension. Like if I'm not feeling my best that day, I don't have to bring the shit out of the mace. I mm. could just sort of, you know, put it out there. Uh, and then other times if I feel good, then I, mm could really get into it so it is all over the place how how i would use it i want to draw your focus to a specific time and place i remember when you and ken plant beast hooked up there was this beautiful video of you in love with steel mace flow doing the waterfall flow on a on a pier like kind of overlooking the ocean do you remember do you remember that yeah absolutely it was beautiful man it was yeah. inspiring and so like we get to use it for ourselves but also uh, we get to use it to help other people, to inspire other people. One of the reasons steel mace flow is so fat, so flashy is so I can grab attention. Uh, <laughs> but I, I use steel mace flow specifically when I want to feel something. That's not like meat and potatoes, like a hundred pushups or max bench press, which I think are great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I use, I like to use steel mace flow when, when I want to feel good. It's been, it's been an awesome experience. And so um, steel mace flow level two is sharing that experience, teaching people how to create emotion with their mace. So when I think about like how happy you were, how excited you were, it's like, dude, I'm bringing back a memory. You were back in the day, man. You were like maybe on episode six, seven. Yeah. You were just happy as could be. No politics and mace. You were just swinging on the pier with Ken. Yeah. And it's beautiful, man. But people need that in their lives, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I think I think it's it's very important. Your workout should should uplift you. And then the the emotional part that you had on there, like, you know, when you bring up the memory, you're like, I was with this person. I felt this way. I could smell the beach. There was sand in my socks, but I didn't care. I didn't put sunscreen on. Yeah. If you could teach people to create more emotion in their workout, I think it's a positive thing. When I was in, in a martial arts, when I fought, we were always taught to not be emotional. And I always found it, I was very strong. 
I'm super strong-willed when I get emotional, and you are too. You, when you get emotional, Fred, you are, where are you from? New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, your Jersey is fucked when you get emotional. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you can teach somebody to how to harness that emotion, like it's such a powerful thing. And so still makes level two is uh, a one-hand system where you get to dive into some emotional content anymore. Funny enough, I don't teach Steel Mace anymore, it seems. I've, I've kind of sat down my mace for a while. Oh, you're not coaching? A, uh, I do, it seems, once a year on my birthday. But uh, no, I, and I haven't, really. I do my one occasion every so often. Uh, but we have amazing leaders in Steel Mace Flow. Yeah, uh, Jamie Pinto and Jeff Oaks are teaching a Still Mace Flow Level Two mentorship next uh, month. I think it'll be the third one they put on by themselves. It's an online program, and I won't be there. Uh, not that I don't love and support, but there are other people who can do the job. My Still Mace Flow Level One, I teach on my birthday or on special occasion, but I have a bunch of coaches out there. Um, who are the right people who are amazing people who don't do this to be the rock star to get rich, but are doing it because they really, it really helps them. And this is how they pay back, you know, and make the world a better place. And so I, I'm in a place where I don't, you, you don't have to use my name for clickbait. My participation level is next to nothing. When you're talking bad about the still may flow people, if I'm out of the picture, who are you talking bad about? Well, the same people who have taken your seminar, who train with you, and who have a lot of love for you. And so it's so much easier to um, love awesome. and contribute and be part of Steel Mace Flow if, uh, if I'm in the back burners. It was great to be seen. It was really cool to be uh, loved by so many people, to get messages of um, how I've helped. There's nothing like it in the world, but how can one man accept all that love? And so it's so great that in my May system, there are other people, not just the man, not just the king, the only one, but there are other great people, uh, people from different nations, amazing human beings, and also motherfuckers as well that you can choose to get to, 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 um, to train with. But um, I'm enjoying my time outside of Steel Mace uh, Flow. And uh, I've been working on my relationship with my partner. Uh, I've been working on myself. And I've gave so much to the Mace community in the last nine years. I mean, Fred, I gave all of it, dude. Yeah. Like everything I got, I put it out there. And so it's a lot easier to, to, um, take yourself out of it and the comments hurt a lot less right? yeah yeah they hurt a lot less well you um you know what you said today about uh positivity and and you know not judging and stuff like that you 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 obviously live by that and and uh that's good leadership on your part uh so you're still providing that backbone to the community um you're always there, right? So you're 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 uh, always um, part of that flow community, whether or not you do coach or not. Amen to that. Yeah, and um, Jamie Pinto, um, he's going to be coming up uh, 
in a couple weeks to sit down with me and do a podcast. He's going to drive up from Philly. He wants to do it in person, which is really cool. I, Those are always fun. Yeah. And I just had Zach Yannick on. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you uh, caught any of it. I had him on twice before. He when did, did his... you just – you had him on after? And then after. Okay, I have to I have to listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I just uh, interviewed a guy in the Netherlands who was – we were t- – talk we talk about steel mace flow i know you can't you can't watch every episode of the steel mace nation but uh we talk it's flow always comes up it always got i've uh, done solo casts where i talk about steel mace flow it's, i'm glad um, we're in the conversation man I'm, I'm glad that we got to i got to contribute i'm glad the world's a better place yeah i didn't you know it's like this thing like i did get to be the tip of the spear but dude you helped create steel mace flow like we wouldn't be still maze flow. Still maze flow wouldn't exist if it weren't for the students. And so why it's like neat to like, we all created it. Like nobody needs to feel left out. Like they can't contribute. Like they can't name a move or a flow. We all, <laughs> we all, we all fucking do this. This is your fault. All right. This is our fault. <laughs> Good fault. The Netherlands, huh? Mace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harold and I. And I'm going to screw up his name now. He was. I was on the podcast this morning, and he was uh, teaching me how to say his name. And it was. It's like Bronze or something like that. I'm sorry, Harold. I screwed it up. Um, but he's um he's all fired up, and he learned from the Flowing Dutchman because you know he that's where he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yeah, he uh he loves flow, and uh, he's that podcast will be coming out soon. Cool. And then yours will be next. So uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate yeah. it. it good. Oh, one last thing. What's that? In your story about Eric versus Leo. Yeah. When we have the final Kumite fight. Okay. <laughs> How cool would it be? We go in for the final blow. What if Eric has to use one of my moves? <laughs> and I have to use one of Eric's moves. <laughs> And then what happens? The you both just well, there would be there would be missed. There would be a look that people have when they're engaged, where they go, "I see you." Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. There right. would be that moment of honor and respect. One of these days, I'm you know I'm gonna see that dude around, and I'm gonna just give him a big hug. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? um, yeah. That was dude. That was one of the funnest podcasts, and and I hope I didn't offend anybody. Uh, I would like to know that. Let everybody know that I do have a, a resting savage face, but I fucking love you. And if I ever said anything that offended you, I'm sorry, guys. I honestly, Fred, just being a little humble, I fucked up so much on this journey, man. I'm just a guy who swung a hammer, who swung a mace, and somehow found a business. I started editing videos. I got students. I got coaches. I'm still the guy. Who just swings a fucking hammer? Yeah. And so, thank you for setting high expectations for me. But I'm just a regular dude doing my best, and I'm sorry if I let you guys down or uh, disappointed you at times. But if you didn't care about me and I didn't care about you, it wouldn't have hurt so much. All right. So thank you for caring, and uh, sorry if I ever said anything that offended anybody. I'm doing my best to stay out of the mace bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Just live a happy happy life man yeah so much there's so much beauty out there in the mace community it's like uh 
really fun to take a step back and just watch it. And thank you so much for having me on. I know we've been uh, messaging back and forth, trying to get on, but um, Fred, I don't care what I've said in the past or what I say in the future. I love what you do, man. I'm so proud of what you thank bring you. to the thank MACE you. community. I'm so glad that you reach out to everybody, that you have the conversations. I'm, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm happy to be your friend. Uh, I remember clicking this, turning it on, and just seeing you and going, just, you know, feeling your presence in the room. So thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I, I love having you on. And, uh, it, you know, I know everybody listening, um, they want to hear what you got to say and everything. And, um, you know, it's a really crazy thing that it's been going on for over three years I've been doing this. And the only reason why I do it is just I just, like, I enjoy myself. <laughs> That's Good it, man. You're good I'm, at it. You know what? Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, I don't think I'm that good at it, but I know I got better over time. You've so, gotten better. Yeah. 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 I'm so, trying to think of the one where you did, you were telling about when you got your firefighter job, when you were like a waiter and like the mayor sat down at your table and you fucking shot your shot. Oh, yes. Right. I, that I was, that was like, that? yeah, that was like one of my favorite podcasts that you did. Oh my God. Do you remember which one that was? But this is the great thing about you putting out so many is I can't keep up with all of them. So if I watch every like 15th episode, I'm like, Oh cool. You got a new microphone. Oh, check out your swag. Oh, look at your product presentation. Like, yeah, you know, (laughs) all right. I got to get out of here. All right, man. It was good talking to you and come back anytime soon and um, have fun out there. Enjoy being 42 because it's only that one time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Take care. All right, man. Take care.